Hello and welcome everybody to another edition of the DNA Airwaves podcast. I am your host, Anthony. Dariki is out conquering the world today. Well, actually, he's a little beat up, but either case, he's not with us today. Um, so it's just myself and a special guest, actually. I, we have with, well, I have with me today, Miss Sandra Tyler, uh, who you're going to learn a lot about if you're not familiar with her work. By the end of this chat, I'm sure you will be, and a fan as well. Um, welcome, Sandra. Thanks, Anthony. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I think this is like... I was trying to think like two, I don't know, we met about three weeks ago or something like that, somewhere around there. And I think we've spoken now three times within that. If oh, not, yeah. If my, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is good. We're on a roll is the point here. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm glad sure. to, yeah, I'm glad to have you uh, on the show for the first time and just kind of dive into uh, some of the interesting things that you've mentioned in our past conversations, actually. More so in passing, so I'm actually interested in diving a little deeper into your work and learning more about you as well, I guess in real time with the listeners today. Uh, so here we go. First of all, I guess you can maybe let me know your relationship or your connection, your initial connection with music, and I'm sure there's a story there. We all have one, right? What's yours? Well, if you work in the music industry, you, you got stories, <laughs> you got right? Stories for days. Yeah. Stories for years. <laughs> I I started my career, um, boy, I in 1995, I was mm. so tenacious in wanting to get a job at Canada's first and only dance radio station, Energy 108 FM, yeah. which back back then was so iconic on so many in so many different ways it was yeah. you know in line with much music and all these documentaries are coming out now and i'm just like oh my friends are on it you know yeah so yeah, it's yeah. very <laughs> iconic yes um yeah it's to work there and uh all these you know infamous people were walking into the studios and you know Gosh, i worked yeah. with comedian russell peters for seven years which oh, I mean, man. we didn't know him by Russell Peters. We knew him as same sweater guy. Sorry, Russell. Because <laughs> him and Mastermind used to used to wear the same sweaters all the time, and and uh, he's a DJ. I'm not sure if a lot of people know that. Russell? So I got my I, Russell. Yeah, he's oh, a I DJ. I know that. Okay, cool. Yeah, dropping gems already. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's who I worked with. Like mm. all these people, you know, they kind of set the the pace for. The, rec the record industry, the music industry. So wow. I started there and, you know, um, I've been in the business 26 years. I've, I've launched radio stations. I was uh, director of marketing for the Juno Awards. Um, yeah. We'll yeah. Just, that a bit too. Wow. It's, it's okay. in my DNA. Yes, yes, yes. I like it. So you've done a lot of things. Um, yeah. I'm like, well, okay, so which one do I jump into first? What was it? I guess, yeah. So... You started off, I guess, the radio um, at, at NRG. Um, then what was like the transition? Because I'm sure that was like, what were you like entry level at that point, right? Like that was your first industry job or? Yeah, it was. They didn't want to hire me actually, but uh, I, because, yeah, <laughs> because every, the demand for that station, like I didn't realize when I applied, mm. I just liked the music. You know, I, I was naive, you know, I came from this, you know, <laughs> Christian tight-knit background you know right. or like you know i didn't get a radio to grade eight so this it was like oh i just want to 
26 years and how, wow. you know, it set the pace of my career. I started out in radio sales there. Oh, they said to me, okay. we have no position for you. We have mm. no desk. We have no clients. Just Perfect. come in and whatever you make, you make. And so, yeah, I made $5,000 in uh, my first year Fair at Energy. Figure it out, kid. <laughs> And my, I still have my first paycheck. I have it framed wow. somewhere. Oh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, twelve dollars and three cents after <laughs> three months. <laughs> but it oh, reminds labor, me. Labor it blows. reminds me of where I've been, right? True. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some people are like, "Wow, was twelve dollars a lot of money back then?" No, it still no, was not I'm a not lot that of money ancient. back then. No, you're definitely not. And. Uh, <laughs> Wow, that's a good one. So you actually kept that. That's that's yeah hilarious. Yeah, I but did. I could, yeah, I could see the value in that. So it's interesting because uh, I guess we share a similar similar story, or I guess the early days for myself as well. Grew up in a very strict church Christian household, and um, yeah, like listening to the ra- the radio songs and the stuff my friends were listening to wasn't an option at all so i could understand your uh the draw to be able to it probably seemed like you you know that big city story when you leave like a small area and you go to new york or something was that the type Mm -hmm. of feeling you had like just being around in that environment oh yeah i mean it was you know i didn't had no words you know you have like Headley Jones doing a show there. You've got yeah. Mastermind doing a show oh, there. Man. And, yeah. you know, like Headley Jones Sr., he built all the studios in Jamaica. He's a legend. He worked with Bob Marley. Very and now cool. yeah, yeah. I've got Headley, who's also done the same thing. And he did, like, all this vinyl and stuff. Gosh. And here I am. I'm going, I don't know what to do. I didn't know where to place it. It was too mm. grand for me. And even until this day, I have to pinch myself and say, wow, I got a seat at the table with these people and they were welcoming to me. This is, yeah. it, it, it was, it was, it was more than I thought it would be for sure. I can imagine. Yeah. It was beyond the music. Yeah. 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 That's a good way of saying yeah. it. Yeah. Experience yeah. from your, your own experience, but I guess you had experience of being around other people and sort of sharing their experiences too. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let's jump forward a bit. So how do we go from that $12 paycheck to uh what came next i guess we can kind of quickly jump through your journey (laughs) yeah you know i got sick of radio because i radio sales let's just say that so i i like to try new things right i i believe you know in our careers if we pigeonhole ourselves we're stuck and i don't like that so after about five years at energy i'm like okay i'm gonna go get a job in newsprint um i don't know why but then i put it i put on my first in paper talent search in the history of tour star. So I always try to leave musical legacies. Ah. It seems every, everywhere I go. <laughs> so I did that for a few years. Um, and then can West global mm-hmm. was applying for radio licenses and they had um, a license approved for a station in Kitchener called 91.5 the beat, which still exists. Cool. So I applied okay. for that. And I was the second hire working out of the CH television building in Hamilton. Um, And then I launched 91.5 The Beat, which, you know, I uh, was in charge of a $7 million 
Canadian Talent Development Fund, like artists like Shad and Rufus Jeez. John. I gave them startup money, Alicia, Alicia Berlinger, oh, and, the, and the list goes on. And I worked with UMAC to put on compilations, like CD compilations for these artists yeah. um, and talent searches. And, um, and then I created uh, two epic concerts. One nice. was... Um, uh, one was um, Beat Rocks the Block, which was an outdoor festival for 40,000 people in Kitchener, which the largest one ever. Yeah, no um, big produced deal. By, <laughs> yeah, produced by a black woman, I'd say. Yeah, um, kudos, wow. Yeah, and if you know Kitchener, it's, it's an Oktoberfest town. So Oktoberfest is the second largest uh, festival in the world. Yeah. It's a Bavarian beer drinking festival, and you wear lederhosen and all that, that stuff. Yeah. And so when I was there, I'm like... We need, there is no events during Oktoberfest for black people, and it's pissing me off. <laughs> so um, I put on Hip Hoptoberfest. Hip, I love and it. I, love it. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah, and I did it like the only way you could get in was to win, and the lineup was out the door, and I had Maestro and Snow mm. and Chaos and Jellystone. Oh, that man. was the first year, and then I did it for two years. Nice. Right? Yeah. And then I, I was let go on mat leave. Thanks, Chorus. Oh, and boy. then, uh, yeah. And then two weeks later, I had a job at the Juno Awards. I, I started out as marketing manager and then on to director wow. of uh, marketing for the Juno Awards. Okay, okay. Yeah, so still, learned a lot from that. It was all tied together. You just had different, I guess, aspects. Your radio, your print, um, festival, and then back, I guess. Now yeah. you're still in the marketing. So you kept it all together. In that sense, I guess you're pretty much what I said before. You're kind of just learning, experience, learning, and moving on to the next, taking bits and pieces, I'm sure, from the past and bringing it to the next thing. Um, yeah. So now we're, we're getting somewhere, though. So, yeah, you've done some, I guess, already at that point in your life, and your career, you'd already achieved some pretty cool things. Um, yeah, I guess so. I mean, you know what? Like, I, I look at my career as... It's just, you know, music, when music, and you know this, yeah. when music is part of your DNA, it yes. doesn't matter if you're at church uh -huh. or standing in a shopping mall, like, right. you know, it's just in your DNA, right? So yeah. all yeah. of the things that I've done by the grace of God are accomplishments that he's led me toward, Love it. Yep. but it's just fun stuff, right? Right. But also, I got to learn so many things, which has led me to... Black Exposed, yes, right? Yes, my company yes, and yes. my and my radio program. Yes, let's talk about and that. The, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. So I think I cut you off there. Sorry, there's a little excitement because no. I like. The I, I'll that, just talk uh, for days if you don't. So go ahead. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I'll get my little bell and I'll just hate it when it's time. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I guess the the point is, and I guess what got me excited is the fact that. You're kind of painting the picture of your journey um, throughout your career, learning, learning, working for other people and doing these different things, as I'd mentioned. And then talk to me about Black Expose, what it is, how it came to be. I'm very interested in hearing more. Yeah. So in my 26 years um, of working in the industry, one of the things that um, so I left the Juno Awards. Let's just start there. OK, um, because, you know. Maestro, it was his 25th anniversary of Let Your Back Boy and Slide. And so Legend, he came yeah. to me 
And uh, we met at the Junos and he says, Sandra, it's my 25th year. I want to perform on stage. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. And so I, I went to the president and everyone else involved. I'm like, this is awesome. Maestro wants to perform. And they said, we're not going to get any ratings. Ooh. Yeah. Um, having a black performance, it's, it's not going to garner ratings. And, you know, they just never... Hmm. Anyways, I don't want to get too far into that, but that just put a sour taste in my mind. Yeah, yeah. And it set me on this path of black artists. It does not matter how many awards you have, how many notches on your belt, how many albums. We are so underrepresented. Hmm. And it lingered in my mind. And then so before COVID, I moved back to the Waterloo region from Toronto. And I... I took over the um, the we the Mel Brown Music Festival, which we have every oh, year. Right. Which we've had yeah. Hawaii Mighty perform, nice, um, yeah. and Socrates perform last year. Um, and I wanted I wanted a vir- I wanted Virgin Radio to announce like to make a commercial for it. Okay, but it sounded like a Leon's commercial. I'm like, don't you have like any racialized announcers? Like anything? Uh, They're like, no. Wow. So I said, okay. I'm just going to start it myself. Yeah. So that's what okay. I did. So wow. Black Exposed is KW's uh, first and only black media and Canada's on only prime. black show on primetime FM radio. So wow. as sad as it is that in all of Canada, we have no black representation Yeah. on radio, on FM. Wow. But me. Wow. Right? Yeah. Just you. Just me. Also, on, and that's by the National Campus Community Radio Association. Um, they, they did the numbers for me to just make sure I can, I can say that. Wow. Um, and, and even on, on top of that, I only play black Canadian music, right? Which is big. Because wow. what options, you're an artist, right? So what options does a black unsigned artist have yeah, to yeah. be played on the radio? Right, yeah, it's not during really, prime time. Not happening. It's not going to happen. Zero. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So from that, that's so that's what I do now. I get you know black artist submissions in all the time, and then and then my so I expanded Black Exposed Radio to Black Exposed Entertainment, nice. which is now a media and events company. Because nice. all these artists come to me and say, "Okay, play my music." Yeah. But I put my marketing hat on, and I and I say, "Okay, maybe we can." I, I try to expand on their knowledge and give them teaching Big. tools, right? Yeah, yeah. I should also say I'm a I'm a mentor for Sask Music, nice. um, which which is really good. I get to talk to the artists and just see what the differences are between you know when I was growing up in the music industry to all the struggles now. Yeah, I mean they're very so real but very different. They've changed, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, wow, wow, that's incredible. I'm still kind of blown away by that number. I mean, in a lot of senses, it's it's good to be the only one doing something, but then it speaks to a huge um, lack. Um, yeah. Uh, Jeez. I mean, we have a lot of conversations and sort of the essence of it or the, the takeaway is that, especially in Canada, we have a long, long, long way to go um, when it comes to uh, the way our music industries run, uh, yeah. the exposure and lack of support 
for black artists primarily and as you know that's kind of a part of our work with black music canada absolutely uh, diving into that so you're definitely one of the uh yeah i mean you've been around longer than us in that sense but um i hope that we are an ally to you in this uh sort of soldiering this cause um and the work but yeah i'm kind of just stuck on that i didn't know that number so i'm like is that possible that doesn't seem right Hmm. It is, you know, in all of my years. And like when I was with the Junos, I would travel to different cities because we'd have to plan three years ahead, which means right. I would have to work with all of the media in that in, throughout the country. Yeah. Right. Because it's yeah. not just that city. Right. And I'm like. Yeah. struggling they're struggling and between the two yeah. of us and i love your organization by the way it is Thank absolutely you. fabulous and totally in line with what I'm doing from the radio level, but you're doing it on a national level. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, and I saw that right away, and I and I hear it in your story. Um, yeah. So, and I'm I mean I'm curious about this because so, I mean you've worked with some of these. Some like the '90s was a great time, and it was sort of a shift in like the way that music was sounding, in, especially in Canada. Um, and there's an art, a lot of artists that we both know that made it to a certain level, and seems like they just hit this glass ceiling and can never get past it. And I always sit back and like through conversations, even just sometimes just wondering to myself what that does to the mentality of like super talent and knowing in a different time and place, even even in maybe today, some of these people would have got a lot further along and got a lot more respect than they did. But that they're still doing it, right? Like they still have the passion. They still have the talent. In these conversations with artists like that, I'm just trying not to say any names, but I think you know what I'm talking about. Like, I know. yeah, yeah. Um, what, what is it like? What does it look like? Like, are, what are the takeaways for them usually when you talk? Because I feel like, like you said, there's so many changes. I'm just trying to think of the best way to sound. And I'll say this, but there's so many changes since the '90s to now. Like, how do you yeah. stay relevant? Like, what, what's, what is it possible? You know, 
there's several factors to this question. I, I think if we if we focus on the, the black, let's focus on the black Canadian industry that we have now. Yeah. So these artists from the '90s, you know, especially the R&B singers, we have to yeah. we have to look and say, where's the genres? How have they changed? R&B then is not R&B now. So even yeah. your style, your sound has to change, right? right? you have to collaborate more with the younger emerging artists who have the following on socials to make you relevant. Elton John does it. He's done it with so many sure. artists. Yeah, he came back right. and said, okay, here, Brittany, here, person, you know, yeah, he's yeah. just, it's a fabulous way to, to reposition yourself in it the really market, is, yeah. even yeah. though he's a superstar, right? True. So if you look at these black Canadian artists, they, they, they grew up in the mixtape era. Era. Yeah. They were like hustling yeah. since day one. Yeah. And then they have the record label saying to them, "Okay, if you sell fifteen thousand mixtapes, I'll sign you." And then they're not signed. Right. So they've always, there's, they've always felt alone. True. And then there's the, the divide in the music industry where some artists don't want to work with other black artists. Like some black artists don't want to work with other black artists because they feel, mm. oh, I'm in competition with you instead of creating a collective, yeah. which is something that I'm working on. Nice. I like so that. if you add all these elements and on top of that, then we have artists that made it big, big bands, big black bands that made yep. it big, Yeah. but we're signed to Canadian labels. Canada won't get you mm. anywhere. It's the 80-20 rule. Right. Yeah. So we, if Canada make takes eighty percent of the pie, and the U.S. and the rest of the world only gets twenty percent of the pie, yeah, they're not going to really work too hard to promote your music. True. Right. So that's always the key is to go abroad and then bring it home. Yeah. Right. What a shame. But that's that's the way yeah. it's it seems to have. I mean, yeah, it, that hasn't changed. Is what you're saying. Yeah, and yeah. then there's the the culture shock mentality of I used to be. Back in the day, this, right? Right, yeah. And there are some artists that I work with. Like, I'm a blunt person. I think you know that, Anthony, from yes, all the yes, time yes. we met and stuff. <laughs> but I have to sit them down and say, okay, you were a big hip-hop legend then. Then. You still are a big hip-hop legend now. Yes. But you can't sit on the then. Right. The then won't get you to your future. Yeah. You have to be... Because, like, being rigid in your ways will not allow you to conform to today's standards and and different methods of oh man yeah yeah of how of of how to promote yourself as an artist right true and then so I bring all these legends on to to give advice but yeah. what I've realized is emerging artists are like who is that who is that so mm. then there's that gap there's a gap yeah. There is a big gap, and I, that's that's something I was thinking as as you're talking too, from the '90s, right? And if you hadn't been making music into the early 2000s, now we're so far into it. It's like you have 20 years in some cases. You you could have someone that's yeah. 25 who's never heard of you because the music wasn't being put out there in that way, and is not on social media and the other ways that people are uh, sort of digesting their content these days. Um, and I was thinking this too. I don't know if you have an answer or any thoughts on it, but you have an artist who is doing big things. I don't even want to go too far back, but we could say even 2000s, right? You're doing big things. Things change so progressively and so often and, and so much since the, I mean, in a span of 10 years, even the style, the sounds change a lot. Um, so my thing is this, you were doing it this way. You had this specific sound. 
And to any artist, musician's credit, that sound that you have or had took a long time to develop, right? So then there's got to be a piece that says, yeah, Elton John's doing some hits now with the next generation, so to speak, and he's been able to adapt and other artists have done the same. But then isn't there going to be a piece that feels like maybe to an artist selling out um, or mimicking even, like not staying true to yourself? Like, do you get conversations or do you see, do you have any like um, uh, thoughts on, I guess, that struggle or the balancing act of authenticity at least? The music industry has become a world of one hit wonders very fast, mm. you know, get them on the charts, get them off. It used to be the top 40 was played on radio. Right. Now it's the top 20. Hmm. Yeah. And you will hear the same song four times in an hour and radio stations are now syndicated. So uh, there's yeah. no, the, you know, the, the art, the art of creating music. Yes. It's still there. Still there. But I think that the purpose of it is not the way it was 20 years ago. Right. Okay. That's a good way of saying it. Yeah. If that makes sense. So you have to be able to adjust your craft, right, to fit in today's world. Yep. You know, it's like me saying, well, I refuse to have a cell phone because I did it the old school way. <laughs> like you can't, you know, right. you have to be able to, um, you, you know, like I say to a lot of artists, you want to do a collab with an emerging artist. Yes. You don't have to change your style. You don't have to change much about your craft. But sure. what you have to do is make it relevant. And what's mm. going to bring your style back into relevancy yep. is to adapt yes. and to work with emerging artists who understands the fast pace of, you know, all these. I mean, listen, how yeah. many different forms of hip hop are they? You know, oh remember gosh. when hip hop was just hip hop, hip -hop rap was just, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And how many styles <laughs> of rap are they now? There's oh drill. There's the, I mean, I, I can go on. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah. Everything is, see, now the world is about menus. Mm. Before it was just called one thing. Right. Now it's like, you know, if you want to address someone, you have to pull out a menu and find out what they fall under. It's not so just it, yeah, what they are the as an artist. So you're R&B, but are you R&B soul? Mm -hmm. Are you R&B neo soul? Right. You know, yeah. what are you? So you, you really have to, you if you're going to be stuck in that one explanation of what you are yeah. without trying to outsource and research you know, okay, does R&B fall into Afro beats? Should I, you know, you have True. to always be willing to be ahead of the game is what I'm saying. That makes sense. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's great perspective. Yeah. I'm glad you said Afro beats there too, because they're, um, I mean, that's in high demand everywhere right now. And yeah, yes. you're, you're right when you say that is R&B Afro yes. beats. It's like, good question. Um, it but, is. You know that record wow. labels have mm -hmm. started an Afro beats division. Mm. yeah and they're out That's they're sourcing everyone and i you know like i mentor i guess i'm kind of managing her i, I the lines are blurred at this point okay. because i just help everyone <laughs> nice okay. um, but her name is zochi like she's coined the, the canadian queen of afro beats right yeah it's wow. it's become it's become the new r&b soul it is yeah right is and everywhere. old r&b r&b from from the 90s is now considered what Motown. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. 
Yeah, it yeah, is. Wow. You can ask Sean Jones because I'm helping him on a show from an essence. <laughs> okay. Remember Sean Jones oh, from yeah, an yeah, essence? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's like now let's put on a Motown show because that's what it's called. That 90s, is, 80s, rap, hip hop. It's a Motown that. show. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The industry belongs to the kids. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, <laughs> stay no, relevant. No, there's tons of legends out there. There's no, tons of legends. No, for sure. Yeah. And that will never take away from the work yeah. and the contributions. Because, I mean, everybody, yeah. uh, even still, every piece that you put into it is sort of moving the needle and uh, yeah. creating. And you can't. Mm-hmm. You Go can't ahead. get rid of the nostalgia. Like when, when last year, when at the Mel Brown sure. Festival, um, when we brought so- Socrates on, yeah. right? Oh my gosh! Like the room stopped. It was so crazy. Do you know award winner? Like, um, oh my god! I just had a brain fart. Carlos Morgan, who I work oh, right. with. Yeah. Yes, love Carlos. <laughs> yeah. Do you know award winner Carlos Morgan? He's yeah. the curator for the Mel Brown Festival. Right, he got yeah. up on stage and started dancing, you know, with you know, with Soc with Socrates and yeah. wow. you know, it, it was it's you, a see some things can't be erased, right? <laughs> yes. Um it's kinda like when I went to the Much Music documentary last weekend and I was hanging out with Erica M and oh, Michael nice. Williams and Bill Walichka. Well. Yeah. Yeah, Loved to it. me, yeah. I was like, I could have jumped in the screen because so a lot cool, of right? the artists that would come on much music would come to Energy After. I'm like, I remember that because they were wearing that outfit. Oh, like when wow. NSYNC Pop That's did cool. in Backstreet wow. Boys. Yeah. So it was like yeah, a parallel universe. It was like, yeah, yeah, things were happening at the same oh, yeah. time in tandem. Yeah, That documentary same. was fantastic. Yeah, we wasn't it? We talked to uh, Sean Menard a little bit before yes. it released. We actually had Bill Wolitschka on too a while back. So, yeah, yeah, funny guy. Oh my gosh. But, um, yeah, that was fantastic. It must have taken, I mean, it took us all back. I want everyone to see that actually, just because it's like so many things, memories that are probably just in the back of your mind. Just to see it on screen probably takes you back to, like, like you said, specific moments where you were. And yeah, cool stuff. Wow. And drop the needle. Did you see drop the needle? Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Rob Freeman, the director. Yeah. Yeah. So they had, um, cause that, that, that documentary is touring still, right? Yeah. So it's on Amazon prime and it's oh, also is it out touring. on prime now. Okay. Yeah. It's on Amazon prime and they just got licensing for, um, to be around the world. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Okay. I had seen it when they were, uh, when they did the, I think it was the premiere of Toronto stop. Yeah. That's cool. It's on Prime. Okay. Oh, everyone check that documentary out. Yes, 299 absolutely. Queen Street West. Quick quick plug there. Um, so you're talking about the festival. How long have you been doing that, Mel Brown? So the the Mel Brown Festival, I jumped in last year. This is my first year okay. um, managing it. So now oh, it, okay. I've, um, we've changed the name to the Grand River Black Music Festival, a legacy of Mel Brown, just mm. because there was confusion. And it's really... Um, a festival of black emerging artists okay. putting them on stage nice. um especially the Waterloo region has zero advancement in 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 black music culture whatsoever or yeah. events wow um and the other thing it's that i'm working deal. on is yeah. um hip hop toberfest the concert that i that i did during oktoberfest well yeah, yeah. i'm doing it again in 24 and this time uh-huh. it is sanctioned by oktoberfest oh wow right yeah and during Sweet. that, there will be a secondary stage for our first annual Black Music Emerging Artist Awards because we want to give them a platform. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's exciting. 
That is. Yes. And then they'll yeah. be able okay. to accept the awards from the performers at Hip Hop Toberfest, right? Mm. So, like, imagine, like, I'm an emerging artist and, yeah. you know, here's an award given to me by Maestro. Yeah. yeah He's yeah, all yeah, over yeah. the news, too, by the way. Congratulations yes. to him. Yeah, big yeah. stuff. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. I love what you're doing. I really do. Um, and now, like, like we said, there's a legacy piece and honoring the legends and still working with them, but also kind of mentoring and working with the next generation, the emerging artists. Um, what does that look like for you? Because I guess it's a very different approach now. And, and, and congrats to you and kudos to you, I should say, because you've stayed kind of, I guess it would have been kind of tricky because you've had to sort of adapt your viewpoints and understanding what's required um, through different, I guess, generations of artistry and these generations I'm not talking about a long time it's like you know as you know things change quickly so um I guess keeping up with the trends and what's required but I guess what I'm asking is how do the principles that applied then apply now to artists or is that all different too do you think the principles are still the same. You, I mean, you still have to hustle. You you still have to master your craft, right? And do a lot of research. Right. Go to music conferences if you can. I mean, find a mentor. Find I can if I could tell any emerging artist, yeah, find yourself a mentor. It's a big they one. are more than happy to help. You think that these big names are too big for you, but no. Just find a way. Yeah. Because I mean That's they un, and understand and understand you know, that as an artist, you are the CEO CEO of your talent, True. okay? You yep. are the CEO of yourself. So you need to learn and understand what is happening legally, True. what are contracts about, you know, yeah. what is sync licensing? Can I get my song on in movies and television? Right. That's the day, that's the way now, right? Yeah, yeah. It used to be that. It used to be just play your music on the radio and get spins. True. Understand the difference between so can royalties getting paid from radio airplay versus Spotify, which a yeah. lot of artists like I have, I'm on Spotify. I'm like, yeah, but Spotify is a black hole and here's yeah, why. Yeah. Right. You dark, know, like dark, just hope yeah. you're not putting your music on, on the same week that Taylor Swift is. Cause you're good luck. Yeah. It is. The, it's the abyss. That's what I call it. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Oh gosh. You know, yeah, and, yeah. and Black Explosive <laughs> is going to be doing more workshops and things like that too. And, awesome. and a lot of artists are afraid to apply for the Juno Awards and because mm. they don't know. They don't have the tools. They were never given anything, That's right? That's true. Yeah. No, they never have been. And back then, so the difference between the 90s was you can go in the 90s and slap your album on or your cassette so, on someone's desk <laughs> that's more more 80s i'm gonna go 90s now okay, okay? Yeah. like your cds and stuff yep. um you can slap them on an a r director's desk yeah you could make deals hustle in the club you know payola mm. existed back then that was a, a, a bad thing okay. play my song and i'll give you some perks yeah, yeah, yeah. um <laughs> you know what we're missing now mm -hmm. and this is why i say go mentor get out there we're True. missing now that interaction that human interaction right, with other yeah. people in the industry everything's done through socials through socials and yeah. that's good you're getting your fan base but what are you doing to be in the music industry right that's a big question yeah you need to be able to hobnob and find mentors and yeah. ask questions and go to canadian music week and invest in yourself in your career right 
right? Because you can't cross your fingers and say, oh my God, I have 7 million streams. That's great. What are you going to do with it? No, how are you going to market that? Do you right. know how to write a grant? Mm. Do you know how to do any of these things? How, yeah. how are you going to support yourself? Right. Right. You've uh, raised a lot of good, the whole list. Was that like 20 things you kind of listed I don't off know. there? Uh, you're going to get a lot of emails and people probably saying, okay, you mentioned this. How do I do this? What's that? But really yes. good things. If you don't know, you, you need to know some of these things. So, yeah. So that's some of the work that you're doing with emerging artists and kind of showing them yeah. the way on that, which is incredible. Really incredible. Yeah. I'm excited about the, the festival next year. And yeah, it sounds like it's going to be really cool. And then you're bringing back the part two as well. Can you call it that part two of, uh, can you say the name again? Hip Hop Toberfest. Hip Hop Toberfest. Like yeah, it. okay. it's going to be Here's the thing. So uh -huh. Black Canadian artists, as you know, we we don't get paid the same amount to perform mm. as non-white artists, right? It's always a struggle. Mm. And and then there's the competition within black artists, you know. It, there's always that competition within black artists and I'd like to take an eraser and just say we're all artists, yeah, not me. Create, I don't sing. Just create. Exactly. Yeah. So the way hip hop Toberfest is built is that so for example i have um hip hop legend solitaire he's right. on my advisory committee and he's nice. a curator of the show Sweet. same with sean jones from in essence Sweet. so not only will they perform but they're going to help curate the show nice and by curating the show right yeah they're going to get more money yes. so now they feel like they have shares in the concert right and yeah. then okay. you know solitaire can say okay Hey, Cardi, come on, let's do this. You know, Cardi right. be like, I want to do money, Jane. Hey, Julie Black. Yeah, like, yeah. it's going to be a family affair. You don't know who's going to jump on stage and who's not going to jump on stage. Yeah. And I'm leaving it up to the artist to curate. Just put it Because it's, it's their baby. Yeah, right? yeah, it's amazing. It's their baby. Amazing. It's their time. Yeah. You know, if you want Russell Peters and Mastermind and start it from scratch doing a DJ set. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's called, hey, friends, come on down. Yeah. Let's make money and have fun. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah. While supporting, and also we need to make that yeah. statement that we are not just performing at a show, mm -hmm. but we have shares in the show. And also, right. hey, Oktoberfest, you know, 50 years of white later hosen, it's not working anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because we in town. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> We're not just standing by watching. <laughs> no, we're not the gaffers anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Thanks for sharing all of that. I'm going to recommend, especially if you're an artist, emerging or not, because there's been some great advice for uh, any level of artistry. Definitely listen to this a couple of times. Take some notes, rewind. Um, can I invite people to get in touch with you, artists to get in touch with you? Uh, I just did, I guess. So. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And... Uh, we have uh, all our information is yes. on our corporate website, okay. which they can just join the Black Exposed fam. Right. Um, it's blackexposedent.com. Yes. Perfect. And I guess let people know where to find you on socials or is, is everything just on the website anyways? Uh, it's on the website, but you can find me at, at Sandra Tyler and at Black Exposed uh, Entertainment um, because of that whole meta thing with, with broadcast. Um, and then you can hear me nice. Tuesdays at 6 uh, Eastern Standard Time on CKWR.com. Love it. Or 98.5 CKWR. Um, and then we just extended a new show, which will Ooh. start November 24th. It's uh, All Black Canadian um, Friday Street Mix Live. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Fun. So. Fun. 
I love what you're doing. Keep doing it. And any way that we can support, I can support or be a part of any of this great work, please do let me know. But yeah, thanks for thanks for sharing this time with us. Um, and everybody, thank you for listening. Be safe. Keep well. Thanks, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs>